Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Joshua Kahan, and today we are studying Masechet Psachim, page 121, Daf Kuf Kaf Aleph. I'm going to cheat a bit on this final podcast for Psachim and discuss a profound debate on page 120b just before the final daf begins. The Mishnah, having completed its description of the Seder rituals, notes that after midnight the meat of the Pesach makes one's hands impure. Now that is code for saying that after midnight it becomes forbidden to eat it, and thus shouldn't be touched. One must finish eating the meat of the Pesach offering by midnight. This ruling, it turns out, emerges from a debate between Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah and Rabbi Akiva about the meaning of the phrase in Exodus 12.8 that one must eat the Pesach meat balayla hazeh on that very night. Rabbi Akiva reads this literally. One must finish it during the night, meaning before morning. Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah connects the phrase to the next more famous use of the term Laila in this chapter. Vayhi bachatzi halayla. And it came to pass at midnight. Thus, says Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, the eating of the Pesach, balayla hazeh, means only until midnight, until the moment of Laila, when the angel of death arrives. Rabbi Akiva counters that the Pesach was eaten in a rush, bechipazon, and the time when they actually began rushing to leave was only at daybreak, since the Torah explicitly tells us that they were prohibited from leaving their homes until morning. This seemingly semantic disagreement actually points us to a more fundamental debate about when exactly the Geula, our redemption from Egypt, actually took place. Rabbi Lazar ben points to the description of the plague of the firstborn at precisely midnight. God came through Egypt at that moment, killing the firstborn of all Egypt, man and animal. The text in Exodus emphasizes, even belabors the point, that the rest of the events came in rapid succession. Pharaoh awoke at night and heard the cries of all Egypt. He summoned Moses and Aaron at night to tell them to leave at once. The Egyptians immediately pressed them to leave as quickly as possible, and they rushed out so fast that they did not even have time to let their bread rise, and thus ended up eating matzah. Every line emphasizes the speed with which the series of events happened. They must have begun leaving while it was still night and would have had no more opportunity to eat the Pesach meat once the panic broke out at midnight. As a result of that, we, whose eating of the Pesach is supposed to recreate and re-experience their, their experience, must also complete our eating of the Pesach by midnight. 
But in verse 22 of that chapter, the instructions for putting the blood of the Pesach on their doorposts include the requirement that in order to be safe from the plague, no one could open their doors or go outside until morning. In other words, the work of the angel of death didn't happen in this verse immediately and in a moment. It continued throughout the night and was complete only at daybreak. In this case, the people could not possibly have begun their journey until morning and should have been able to eat until then. Both Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah are suggesting that our experience of eating the Pesach should mirror the experience of the Israelites who actually left Egypt. But this divide within the text leads them to conflicting pictures of what that experience was like. Rabbi Elazar sees the experience as defined by Ve'ehi Bachatzi Halayla, it happened at midnight. The moment of quiet p- preparation, of eating, of waiting, lasted only until midnight. From the moment death appeared, they were launched into a rapid series of events leading to a mad dash to leave Egypt as quickly as they could. After all the suffering, when the doors opened a crack, they run for their lives in the middle of the night. For Biakiva, while the Egyptians urged their now unwanted guests to leave immediately, The Israelites took their time. They didn't leave their houses until morning. They took took their time as they were leaving to borrow valuable items from their neighbors and thus to despoil Egypt. After centuries of persecution, says Rabbi Akiva, they marched out in a grand parade, heads held high, with God leading the way, while their former captors could only look, at, look on, feeling the shame of their defeat. So this seemingly technical debate about eating the Pesach is driven by different approaches to a contradiction in the Torah's narrative. Rabbi Lazar and Azariah, in preferring one version over the other, sees a story of a frightened and exhausted nation running out at the first chance, the image borne out by the idea that they would have to rush, and by the way that the Israelites kept worrying about the pursuing Egyptians even as they marched toward the sea. Rabbi Akiva, in combining the two versions, sees a story of an emboldened tribe refusing to be pushed around. While the Egyptians were urging them to leave immediately, the Israelites remained in their homes for hours more, emerging emerging only in the morning. This image hints at God's own goal in the saga. The drama of a tribe of former slaves marching out proudly in broad daylight embodies God's stated intention that the Exodus should decisively demonstrate God's superiority over the gods of Egypt and the surrounding nations. A final note about this debate. The halachic authorities generally agreed that one should follow Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah's more restrictive view, essentially to be on the safe side. This is relevant because Rava's ruling at the end of this passage says that the rule for the Pesach should apply in post-temple times to the Matzah, which comes to take the place of the Pesach meat as the central mitzvah, as we mentioned yesterday. Rava says that for Rabbi Elazar... One who does not eat the matzah by midnight does not fulfill his obligation. This forces us to ask the question, which matzah does he mean? We eat matzah at the beginning of the meal, saying hamotzi, and at the end as the afikomen. Now it is clear that it is the first matzah that fulfills the mitzvah to eat matzah at the seder. That is when we say the blessing for the mitzvah, 
אשר קידשנו במצוותיו וציוונו, who commanded us to do this act. But the matzah at the end more explicitly serves as a stand-in for the Pesach, since the point was to have the taste of the meat linger in one's mouth at the end of the, e- of the meal. And Rabbi Lazar's ruling was that one must finish eating the meat by midnight. Rava refers to fulfilling the mitzvah, thus it should be clear that he's referring to the matzah at the beginning of the meal, since once we have eaten it, the mitzvah is fulfilled. But over time, the matzah at the Seder came to be identified more fully with the Pesach, and thus Rav Moshe Israelis, the Ramah, in his glosses to the Shulchan Aruch, rules that one must even eat the final matzah, the afikomen, by midnight, though many later authorities do not accept this. This double stringency, following the ruling of Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, and applying that ruling even to the Afikomen, is a major complication for the Seder, since the main focus of the ritual, the telling and discussing of the story, happens in our Haggadot before the meal. Thus many people find themselves rushing through the meal in order to get to the Afikomen by midnight. In the process, they miss out on they miss out on the more essential requirement, that the story be explored at length and at leisure, and that the food be eaten with enjoyment in the manner of those who are truly free. Hadran alach masachet psachim. We will return to you, masachet psachim. Shalom. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.